Hello, Image Bearers. Welcome to the Image Born Life Podcast. I am your host, therapist, and life coach, Tony Lamoria. The Image Born Life is all about pursuing the rescue, redeem, and restore narrative that God has called us to through our salvation in Jesus Christ. We're going to be diving deep into our truth, our purpose, and the identity that we have in Jesus. And we're going to be learning together powerful ways to overcome the myriad of things that keep us from freedom, fulfillment, and victorious living. God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. This is the Image Born Life. Hey there again, friends and fellow image bearers. Welcome to this third episode of the Image Born Life podcast. I'm very excited to have you here again today. And if you are following with us, then this is the day that we will step into the rescue, redeem, restore narrative. But first, let me give a quick recap of what we've done so far. The first episode, we just introduced the main elements that we're going to be focusing on throughout this journey together, however long the Lord allows us to go on. I'm hoping years and what's going to happen as we dive into those things, we are going to be implementing these these major components. And the first one we covered was the truth, purpose, and identity. Our truth, our purpose, our identity in Christ. Call that our chi factor. The letter X in the Greek alphabet, chi, representing the name of Christ. And so the chi factor So what we talked about last time was the truth that we are created on purpose and for a purpose by loving God. Our purpose, which is to glorify God, but even above and beyond that, something we're going to be diving into regularly and more deeply, this idea that we are called and purposed to live courageously and as only redeemed image bearers can in this world. And then third in that chi factor, trifecta, if you will, was the identity that we are not our failures, we are not our mistakes, we are not guilt, shame, we are not our sin, either now or in the future. We are the children of God, adopted, called out by him, purposed to do his good works. And so if you hear anything here that you like or resonates with you, but you didn't hear those other podcasts, please go back and listen to those and join us for this journey. All right, so today we are on now to this Rescue, Redeem, Restore narrative. Before we jump into this, I want to ask again that you... Put aside any distractions that may be coming up or that may deter or distract you from hearing everything that's available today. And the only reason I ask this every time is so that, number one, you allow me to share with you from my heart these things that I'm condensing into 20 minutes each time that I think are really foundational or so important. They're the bedrock of this journey and this task of living the image-born life And so I just want to ask that nothing distracts because I think there are a lot of things that will resonate with you as I share from my heart, from my stories, and the results from work that I've been doing with other people over the past several years. Okay, so then jumping off of our truth, purpose, and identity that we did yesterday and the idea that we're supposed to pursue this in this life and God's visions that he's given to us, the dreams he's given to us, the passions he's put inside of us. And the question is, but how? How do I pursue this? Where do I start? Especially if I have some really messy or really difficult things in my life. 
And that's where the rescue, redeem, restore narrative comes into. This isn't something I came up with, but these are principles that I found in scripture. And I really believe it's a roadmap for any situation that we encounter in life because it's what God does in scripture from beginning to end. It's all about rescue, redeem, and restore. Now you might say, but Tony, that's just like big picture. That's really big moments. And I want to propose to you, no, it's not just big moments. We see it both in big moments and in little moments, right? So big moments, what are some big moments in scripture that we see it in? We see it in the big moments of like Israel being led out of Egypt. Think about that. The laws of nature were changed. Right? He routed an entire nation and he routed an entire army. He destroyed most of that army. He, he caused all of the people of that nation to give them wealth and to make way for them and the logistics for them to get out of that country. And then he sustained them for 40 years with a cloud of smoke by day and a pillar of fire by night. Not just for that first night, but for 40 years. This is crazy. This is how the nation saw them coming and knew they were camped out and had fear of them. So those are some big moments. What about the incarnation of Jesus? This isn't now just for Israel, but this is for all of humanity for all of time. A child being born who is God, humbled unto human nature, growing and living a perfect life, perfect life for 30 years. These are some big moments there, right? And then being put to shame And coming into that night where he is betrayed, he's beaten so badly that Isaiah says in prophecy that he was unrecognizable as a man, and then he was put to death on a cross. I mean, those are are big moments, right? What about small moments? This rescue, redeem, restore narrative, we see it in small moments as well, right? What about the woman caught in adultery and brought before Jesus by a bunch of, we're assuming, angry men? Because of this woman's life choices, because of things that she had done, and because of their, what was allowed to them by law, right? Now, their anger wasn't justified, but they were allowed to do this. She's caught in her sin, and she's brought before them, and they're intending to kill her. They have rocks in their hand. And what does Jesus do? Really big moment, right? He gets really angry. He intervenes with some, no, really small moment. He bends down. He just writes something in the dirt. We don't know what he writes. We, we've made guesses, but we don't know. And just as he's quiet, stooped down, writing in the dirt with his finger, people drop the rocks and they walk away. And then what's this next huge moment that follows, right? Jesus gives this huge sermon to the woman and he sets her straight. Nope. It's a small moment. Just like so many of the small and gentle moments that we encounter with Jesus. He says, where are your accusers? She recognizes that they've all gone. And he says, well, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Just a very gentle, a very loving, a very passionate moment. Have you had a moment like that with Jesus? It may feel huge, and it did to this woman, I'm sure. But really, it's just a small moment. Just a very intimate, gentle, quiet moment with her Savior. And we have moments like that all the time. So, number one, there's this this picture of rescue. Okay, like that. Both in the big moments and small moments of life. But the thing about this rescue is that it's never little. If it's a small moment or big moment, it's never little. Think about a husband and wife who are in an argument. If they, they find rescue in that moment to stop this cycle of argument, that's big. That can change a marriage. It can change a family. It can change so many different people's lives. What about a mother and a daughter who've been estranged for years? Right, The results of healing in that, of rescue from that estrangement, that can be huge. What about a teenager lost in depression? Or parents who are lost in hopelessness from losing a child or not being able to bear a child? 
What about a soldier feeling trapped by nightmares that he can't control? What about a woman who's about to be condemned to death because of her life choices? All of these things, right? They can be big moments or small moments, but they are, they're big in the fact that somebody's rescued. Sometimes many people are rescued. So after rescue, we move to this idea of redeem that we see in Scripture. And again, remember, we're answering this question, how do we do this truth, purpose, and identity? If we move through this rescue, redeem, restore narrative, it will always bring our truth, our purpose, and our identity into light. All right, so first was rescue. And now we step into redeem. And so here's the thing with redeem. There's only one big ultimate redemption, right? That only happened once. It can only happen once. I mean, it can continue to happen throughout time because it can happen anew from new people. But for us, we're only redeemed once. It's sufficient. It's powerful enough. It's a big enough moment. It doesn't need to ever happen again. Once Jesus redeems us and we are brought into the Father's presence and adopted as his children, nothing can ever take that away from us. Nothing can ever take us out of Christ's hands. Nothing can ever reverse God the Father Almighty's decree over us. God the Father Almighty, his mouth speaking it and saying truth about who you are what your identity is now and will be forevermore, forevermore. Nothing can reverse that declaration from God Almighty. All right, so there's only one time that the ultimate redemption occurs, but we are called to be a part of this kingdom-building life. So we get to be a part of this by living courageously and living out our truth, our purpose, and identity. I believe that the redemptive acts that we get to be a part of will always involve trading fear and faith in brokenness for practical faith that shows how to apply God's wisdom to real life. And why do I word it that way? Because I'm not just saying it's about Christian cliches that are inspirational and make us feel good. God intended for us to live out his wisdom and abide in it. So that means we can practically put it into effect in our lives. And as we do, we'll transform our lives and we will transform the world around us, thus being redemptive agents. Roman calls this being transformed by the renewing of our minds. Colossian calls it putting on the new self and being renewed in the knowledge of the image of our maker. Do you see the image born reference there? So this can be really hard for us, can't it? to be transformed by the renewing of our minds, to put on the new self, to be renewed in the knowledge of the image of our maker. See, what the world tries to do so often is to slap a better version of human effort on it and focus on the self-discipline part or the positive thinking part, and that's being renewed in the knowledge of the image of better man. That's not being renewed in the knowledge of the image of God. So trying to balance our ideas of loving God and loving people, those two greatest commandments, engaging evil, but loving people at the same time, including ourselves, that can be so difficult. And that's why we need to know how to be a part of this redemptive work. That's what this image-born life is all about. Okay, so that's the first two parts. The rescue in big and small moments, rescued out of something, and then the redeeming part to step into this new life fully, to put on the new self, to be transformed and redeem things as we go. But then after we've been redeemed, 
It's about being restored to what it is that God has called us to. Right? Like Adam and Eve, they were created to be something specific, to act and live something specific, but they surrendered to a much lower purpose in life. And so when God redeemed humanity, he's calling them to be restored to this much greater purpose in life than just being self-indulgent. So restoration, there's two parts. In theology and in seminaries, it's usually taught as the already and not yet. We see this a lot in scripture where something talks about the freedom that we're going to experience, this wonderful and beautiful life and security that we're going to experience. And it sounds very much like God is talking about in this temporal age, but we can see that it's really pointing to eternity and the new kingdom that he's going to bring with him when he returns. But there is a part of that that we get to experience on this side. So the already and not yet, it's one of the mysteries in scripture that we we know about, but we can't fully understand. But if we trust in it, it leads to a freedom of living life. And that's part of what we're going to explore in this journey. How do we do that? How do we experience that, really? So there's a couple things that keep us from that. Shame keeps us in a box. It keeps us in that you should be box. You should be here by now. You should have accomplished this by now. You should be, you should, you should, you should. Even redeemed minds and even redeemed peoples can live with shame. That keeps us in a box. I've struggled with it. Have you? Do you? It's okay. That's what this journey is about together. We're going to figure out how to overcome that along the way. But here is the other side of that story. Freedom in Christ leaves us with three things to adventure into. Listen to that. Freedom in Christ leaves us with three things to adventure into. I hope that gets you excited. This is God's purpose and plan and desire for us. He gives us some things to adventure into. The first one is... His guidance and his instruction, right? Discovering what that is for us and then learning to apply it. But then he he wants us to use it alongside with the passions and the visions that he's put inside of us, right? So we've got his guidance and instruction, and we've got the passions and the visions that he's put inside of us. And then we've got this last incredible, amazing element, our creativity. And listen to me, friends, if you believe that you don't have creativity, then I'm, I'm so excited to walk into this adventure with you and tell you that part of your image-bearing capacity from a creative father, a creative God who made you, is that you are creative. We've bought into this lie that only these great recognized artists are creative. If you got up and put your clothes together this morning, you were creative. If you made yourself a sandwich, you were creative. If you made yourself a coffee, you're sipping it now, you were creative. Not the same way that God made something from nothing, but we have this creative thing inside of us. And when joined with his guidance and instruction and the passions and visions that he put inside of us, wow, what an adventure awaits in front of us. And here's the thing. All of this that I've talked about, rescue, redeem, and restore, this is where our thought life happens. And so much of this rescue, redeem, and restore happens in our thoughts. And so we talk about our thought life a lot, especially in life coaching. Seeing all of these things in life that are set up against the knowledge of God and taking them captive and making them obedient to Christ, 2 Corinthians 10.5, that means taking captive these thoughts that just bounce around inside of our heads and our sentences about our shame and our 
um, devalue and our brokenness and things that go against what Christ says about us. And God Almighty, the Father, our Father's declaration over us says is true. We have to take those thoughts, hold them captive, not allow them real estate in our minds, especially just bouncing around recklessly and bringing new thoughts that are obedient to what he has said. So that's it. That's the Rescue, Redeem, Restore narrative. And I look forward to getting into this more with you. So next week, we are going to talk about stewardship. That was the last big item that I said we're going to be talking about. So I'm going to explain that more and five specific elements of stewardship. So I hope you're here for that in the next episode to hear what these five main areas of life that we're called to steward are. And if we steward them well, it will radically transform and change everything just as much as if we believe our truth, our purpose, and our identity, and we seek to apply it in the right way, and we pursue it through this rescue, redeem, restore narrative. This is powerful stuff, guys. If you want to know more about this stuff, and if you would like some help along your journey, and you want a life coach, then I invite you to go to www.imagebornlife.com and look at the life coaching that's there and what it's all about. Until next time, guys, I'm encouraging you to live well today and go out and bear the image as only you can. Take care, friends.